Just got done watching that Texans-Chiefs game. And oh my goodness, it was utterly ridiculous. The Texans went up 24 to nothing a little bit into the second quarter. Patrick Mahomes responded with four touchdowns in the second quarter alone. Score at halftime was 28 to 24. Final score 51-31 Kansas City. Yes, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs went on a 51 to 7 Oh, oh my word, that blows my mind just saying it. 51 to 7 run after the Texans went up 24 to nothing. It was just a wild wild game in what has been a pretty crazy uh, NFL playoffs. Titans beating the Patriots in round uh, in their wild card game and then beating the Ravens last night. It's I mean, and then the, you had the Vikings upsetting the Saints. I mean, this this has been totally unpredictable. Right now, the Packers are up 13-3 to on the Seahawks at Lambeau Field. They're about to kick an extra point to make it 14-13. to But let's uh, shift our focus to the NBA. Welcome to NBA Talk uh, with Isaac Wolf. I'm your host, Isaac Wolf, and we're going to start off with game recaps, as we always do. Nuggets-Hawks, Nikola Jokic had a career-high 47 points. His previous career high was 41. And with the help of Will Barton's 28 points, the Nuggets beat the Hawks 123 to 115. Jokic and Barton were pretty much the entire offense that night. Jamal and Monte Morris combined for 30 as the only other players in double figures. But Jokic carried hard that game. And it was a bounce back win for Denver, who had lost to a Bradley Beal less Wizards team two nights earlier. So they got back on track with the win in Atlanta. Spurs Bucks. San Antonio surprisingly dominated this game. They were hot from downtown, 54% from three as a team. San Antonio was. Meanwhile, the Bucks were not. They made just 33% of their shots from out there. Giannis was held to 24 and 12. DeMar DeRozan led all scorers with 25. And the Spurs, with the combination of their great defense and hot shooting, defeated Milwaukee by 22, 126 to 104. Spurs Celtics. The Spurs got their second good win in a row, beating Boston 129 to 114. Kemba Walker got ejected this game. I believe it was the first ejection of his career. But he was unhappy when LaMarcus Aldridge screened him and kind of leaned into him. It looked like Aldridge just pushed him a little bit. His pick sent Walker to the floor. It was a hard hit, and there was no call. So after arguing with the ref for a little bit, he was gone for the first time in his career. So that happened in the third quarter. The Celtics had cut the Spurs lead to seven at that point, and they just never really recovered once Kemba left. Taco Fall entered the game surprisingly early in the second quarter. Played a little bit at the tail end of the fourth, too. Finished with four points and three rebounds in ten minutes, but it didn't matter in the grand scheme of things as Boston dropped a tough one at home by 15. Rockets-Hawks, a bit of a triple-double duel in this one. Both superstars on each team had one. It was not Russell Westbrook for the Houston Rockets. It was James Harden, 41 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. And Trey Young for the Hawks, who had 42, 13, and 10. Clint Capella, who has played really well as of late, grabbed 22 rebounds. That's how many points he had as well. But the Rockets were in control for the majority of the game. The Hawks made a run late, but the Rockets, with a late push, finished the game up 7. Final score from Atlanta, 122-115. to Nuggets-Mavericks. 
this was close the whole way. It was a really good game to watch. Came down to the last two possessions. The Nuggets were down by one when Nikola Jokic hit a, hit a shot in the lane with 7.9 seconds to go to put the Nuggets up one. The Mavs then threw the ball away on their last possession. Couldn't even get a shot off. Did Never even really had the opportunity to take a good shot or even just a shot at all. Denver won 107 to 106. The Mavericks had a lot of chances late to do something. Gary Harris played great defense on Dodgers, specifically in the fourth quarter when he held Lucas scoreless. He was the primary defender on Doncic for most of the game. All of Lucas' 27 points came in the first three quarters, so Harris stepped up defensively when it mattered most. Lucas' impact was nearly non-existent in that last quarter, and it hurt the Mavs, who were without Kristaps Porzingis for a fifth straight game. Thunder Rockets, Russell Westbrook made his return to OKC for the first time since being traded. And it was amazing. The crowd loved him, totally accepted him coming back. Russ was smiling. He seemed happy to be back. The fans were very happy. They made a really nice, the Thunder made a really nice tribute video for him. It was great for Thunder fans, even more so when the game started. OKC dominated from start to finish. They ended up winning by 21. Terrible game for Houston. Russ had 34. He played well in his return. But James Harden struggled. Just 17 points a season low. 5 for 17 from the field. 2 for 9 from 3. He he only took 17 shots. Only. But I'm being serious. He just didn't do enough offensively. He made all 5 of his free throw attempts. But, I mean, he needs to shoot the ball more. And he has to get to the line more in order for the Rockets to be successful. Because they can't always rely on what's around him. Yeah, Russ had 34. He did fine. But Capella, Tucker, and House, the the other three starters combined for just 14 points. 14 points between the three of those. That cannot happen. Two out of those three... Well, I mean, one out of those three, maybe two out of those three, have to at least have 14 points themselves. But Chris Clemens, who the Rockets just recently signed to a three-year deal because he ran out of the two-way days, scored 14 points himself in 11 minutes off the bench. He was the only other player in double figures besides the two superstars, and they need more help. No one else did anything to help Harden and Westbrook, and it killed them, as shown by the final score. So the Thunder fans went home very happy that night. They saw Russ, he played well, and the Thunder won. Let's move on to hot topics. The All-Star, the second returns of the All-Star fan voting came out this week. LeBron leads all players with 3.3 million votes. Doncic and Giannis are close behind at second and third. Anthony Davis is second in Western Conference front court with 3.1 million votes. So two Lakers lead the Western Conference front court in All-Star voting, LeBron and AD. Not really any surprise there. Taco Fall is sitting at 6th in Eastern Conference frontcourt voting. He's got over 543,000 votes. Unfortunately, that's nowhere near enough needed to, to get voted in. Fan vote is only 50% of the determining factor as to who is named a starter. Like Doncic, I think, last year finished 3rd overall in voting, and he did not get in. So basically, you have to be... If you're not deserving of it if you're not actually deserving of an all-star spot you basically have to be the overall leading vote getter to have any chance so alex caruso is also sixth in western conference backcourt voting 
with over 528,000 votes. The two have a large following, but it's not enough to actually get them into the game, which is kind of sad. There is, There are a lot of people that are upset about the fact that guys like Taco, Caruso, who don't really deserve to play in the All-Star game, are in the running. I personally think it's funny. I like it. I wish they got voted in because who doesn't love Taco? I want to see him play against the best of the best, and I want to see Headband Caruso dunk on every star he can. So that doesn't bother me, but it looks like it will be a normal All-Star game with the stars that (laughs) do deserve it. I mean, it will still be a fun game. But right now, the top 10 players in voting, in order, the top 10 are LeBron, Luka, Giannis, AD, Harden, Kawhi, Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Jimmy Butler, and Trey Young. Vote Taco. Your vote matters. Please vote Taco as much as you can into the All-Star game. Andre Drummond would be in Atlanta right now, but according to Sam Amick of The Athletic, the Hawks, quote, could have landed Drummond already if they were willing to include a first-round pick in the deal. Amick noted that the deal was unlikely to happen, however. The Hawks have the worst record in the league, so that could be a potential number one pick, which could move down because the Hawks would be an improved team with Drummond, assuming they just dump contracts and give the Pistons crappy players that they don't use, which is what always happens in star deals nowadays. But Drummond, who said he wants to finish his career in Detroit, is still there. I do not expect him to be moved by the February 6th trade deadline. Zion Williamson is nearing his return. He threw down a between-the-legs dunk before the game against the Knicks on Friday. He looks healthy, but he may play. He may be playing at Duke right now if it weren't for his family and Coach K. Yeah. Yes, Zion went on the J.J. Redick podcast and said that he wanted to go back to Duke for his sophomore year. I, I can't even think what would have been. In college and the NBA, the Pelicans may have John Morant, or maybe they would have traded their pick, but the draft would have been totally messed up. And then Duke would be dominating the college basketball scene once again. He and Vernon Carey down low would be more than a few handfuls for opposing defenses to deal with. Now, you might be thinking, oh, he's just saying that to say that and stir up the media and this and that. But no, he was actually serious. He waited until the deadline for underclassmen to declare. And he told his mom he was going back. He said, quote, me, I wanted to go back. Nobody ever believes me. They think I'm just saying that. But no, I genuinely wanted to go back. I felt like the NBA wasn't going anywhere. You know, the money thing, that's money. I don't play this for money. I play because I genuinely love the game. I just loved my experience at Duke that much. And I wanted to stay. It took multiple conversations with his family where they basically told him, hey, you worked too hard for this to just leave it here. And he knew Coach K wasn't going to let him come back because he knew that Coach K wanted what was in the best interest for him and his family. But he ended up declaring and becoming the number one overall pick by the Pelicans. So I thought that was really interesting. All the what-ifs swirling around in Duke fans' heads right now are probably too much to bear for them. CJ McCollum proposed the idea of a one-on-one tournament during the All-Star Weekend for money. 
as if they already don't get paid $20 million a year. They just need another $100,000 just to, I don't even know. But he said that Damian Lillard proposed the idea where you can challenge people. I don't know what any of the rules would be. I don't know if it'd be by ones and twos or twos and threes or how many points they'd play to. They couldn't play to too many points because those those games could end up taking forever. Like, if it's ones and twos to 11, it's going to take probably 10 to 15 minutes for each game. I, I mean, I think it'd be interesting. But, I mean, because there are certainly some matchups, must-see matchups with that. But with the challenge thing, the problem I have with you challenging somebody is you have to challenge somebody who's actually at the All-Star Weekend and ready to go. I mean, yes, there are a lot of players who show up to the All-Star Weekend festivities. Of course, the guys who are in the All-Star Game and all the Saturday Night stuff and the Rising Stars Challenge and all that. There are others who show up who aren't in any of that. I mean, basically, you got to let them know you're going to challenge them because they got to, I don't even know, you put your jersey on or whatever. It takes, it just, it just take too long. I'm taking too long explaining it right now. It'd take too long. If you had to challenge people, find someone who's there, get them to change and whatnot. I mean, I mean, who knows how long this is going to go? How many games are you going to play if it's just, oh, I'll challenge this person, and then if I win, I'm going to challenge him, and then blah, 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 blah. How long does that go for? To the point where people get bored? I, I mean, if um, if players want to challenge people, I don't think it would work out very well. But maybe if it was scheduled, it could work. Maybe certain players are invited, and a bracket is made up. That would be fun. But I don't see this materializing into anything significant for a few years. It has been talked about for a long time by a lot of different people, and nothing has. Nothing, there hasn't even been an attempt to get it to happen. So. To wrap up today, this day in NBA history in 1966, Celtics head coach Red Arbach recorded his 1,000th career victory, beating the Lakers 114 to 102. Happy birthday to NBA legend Dominique Wilkins. We will be back next weekend with another podcast.